0: Ladies and gentlemen, the Super Bowl is in the books, but the new season is already beginning at All About Reality. Matt Goodwin, Goody, my boy, who enjoyed a lot of success this past season and is already turning the page for us with lots of good news. The All About Reality podcast is back, man. And right away, right off the bat, at the end of this program, we've got goodies for our listeners. What's coming at them?
1: Well um for those of us who who brave the, brave the podcast and get valuable insights for free may I mention um, we will be handing handing out a promo code to for those interested in getting a discount on their league dues for you know kind of the early bird gets the worm type deal um, so, uh, well, you know, ha- happy, happy to do that and share, and and I'm grateful for the guys at Reality Sports Online for you know off- offering that up. Glad we could do it kind of through the through the podcast because you know I, I think that you and I put a lot of effort into this, and um, you know don't really need accolades associated with it. I, I think that you know the people who come back to us and say they did well in their leagues, I think that's you know. <laughs> enough for for you know what we're doing here and i i'm looking forward to we're we're season three we're you know coming up a couple couple episodes on episode 50 which we, we i i guarantee you we'll have big guests for that so we'll, we'll definitely go strong to the hole and you know i a fairly decent super bowl and i'm i'm ready to talk about whatever Well, listen, man, I
0: have to say around this time of year, I always get nostalgic. It was not so long ago that during the Super Bowl, I popped off an email to Pappy and Steven, and they gave me a chance to crack into this podcasting thing. And before that, the writing thing, and ultimately led to our friendship and this action. And so this time of year, it is like a little mini Christmas. For those of us in fantasy, we all tend to love draft day, but Reality Sports Online adds another landmark for us at this time sitting in february where we all get to like look back to our rosters Get the turnover, make any adjustments that we need, make decisions about franchise tags and extensions, and frankly, start the trading again. And it's just an awesome thing. And there is no one better, and I mean this, than you at keeping your pulse and keeping the chatter going during the offseason. And there were people twitching to get this turnover already, debating online for us whether or not they were going to wait to the end of this podcast, like one more day, or just flip their league over and make it happen without the 10%, because that's how much they wanted to get back into the mix. And I and I admire the kind of rabid fan base that Reality Sports Online is building. I think they're doing an excellent job. And uh, you and I are, are, are blessed to be part and along for this ride. And, and I think... Uh hopefully people have come to enjoy the pod. It's awesome to think that you and I are about to hit 50 episodes. I can't wait to unveil where a big guest is going to be. Um, but for today, let's talk some uh some of this maintenance, some of this roster cleanup, some of these like the fun things that you can do this time of year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know the, the place that I'd like to start, if it's all the same to you, uh is talking about free agency, basically. And and what I mean by that is. Um, you know, Kyle rolled the site over pretty quickly, but he also provided some information to me that I had asked for about just percentages for players that are available in in a majority of leagues. So basically, 50% or more leagues that some players who may be of interest, that, you know, in in terms of the auction, these these players could be coming up, uh, you know, against the franchise tag and potentially a subsequent franchise and extend it if someone's, you know brave enough to commit multiple years on that if they don't want to take the one one year at a time approach. So I, I think we can go position by position on that if that sounds good. So
0: It sounds great. And yeah, you dug in. And as you say, we're going to put this out there. And of course, we understand not in your league. In your league, there's only one quarterback available. But In the majority of reality sports online leagues, we're talking about several guys that have name value that are certainly worth a debate or two and some consideration for your time, and possibly guys that you can uh, do a number of things with. Now now, Goody, you and I have both gone back and forth on this. And so at the outset, let's set the stage here. When the site rolls over, what we have available to us now is a franchise tag. And for those people who are new to the site or it's their second year in the season, that franchise tag, then, if they use it now, does that mean that they cannot do so uh, throughout the, through the rest of the year? If you only have one in your league, is that is that what we're telling our listeners here, Goody?
1: You have one and only one franchise tag available to use in in the off season, and and you kind of and then the decision tree branches from there. If you, it, um, but the the first off the mechanics of the franchise tag similar to the NFL is um, based on top five positional average um, It's available to use on a, on a player in the NFL. It's, it, this is very, RSO is similar to the NFL. I think it used to be two years. Now they the NFL I believe has, has a third year. And, and basically you're you are paying either the higher and emphasis on higher here, the higher of the top five positional average of your play, players in your league who are under contracts already, multi-year contracts. So that they're not unsigned for 2020 right now, the, the average of the top five of those or 120% of the 2019 contract value for your existing player, whichever is higher in the event. And and this is starting to come up more as life cycles and, you know, so has a lot of retention and leagues and, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going into year six or seven. I, I don't even know at this point, but you may have some players who are who are who are up for the third year of the franchise tag. The guys I would kind of throw in that boat that you know I've seen personally. You got you know your old quarterbacks. So you know Tom Brady could could be on that could be available on that tag. Drew Brees. I mean uncertainty faces them both. Um, you know potential retirement for for Brees. It seems like Brady's gonna take a t- another turn around the sun. Um, and then, you know, maybe a guy maybe a guy like Travis Kelsey, who you want to kind of take the, the year-by-year approach. And, and, you know, because the tight end is, you know, 144%. I think this happened in, in our Writers League last year, actually. You know, 144%, you know, at a premium position where he has such a positional advantage. I, I think his contract was fairly big. And, you know, I think you executed on that and flipped it. And, you know, Jaron Foster used Kelsey on a big deal last year, so. Um.
0: Yeah, we're, we're simpatico there. I was actually going to raise that for people because as the beginning there, you spoke about the decision tree. In my estimation, my cap could not bear that positional advantage of Travis Kelsey. And uh, I found the rest of my roster to be uh, extraordinarily strong, and it was a misjudgment. But in Jaren's case, he and I worked out a deal that we thought was mutually beneficial where I did use my franchise tag and he he sent me some assets. And I sent like Travis Kelsey for one year, essentially, for almost $40 million to him. Um, he walked away the big winner, a giant W there at the end of the day and laughed that all the way to the bank as he managed to pull off the victory in the Writers League and brought some acclaim and love to the Dynasty League football family. So shout out and hat tip to Jaron, and we'll have to get him back on the pod so he can revel and dance upon our proverbial tombstones there. But again, I think that was the exact kind of thing that you and I tend to like to focus on in the off season is like, is what is it? These tools aren't just they don 't lock you into one path, and you and I both have ways that we like to exercise the, all the variables that reality sports online present and I think many of our listeners are getting sophisticated enough to do that too, right, and that this is the thing we when you franchise tag someone you can actually make those deals ahead of time and ask your league, like, look, I don't know if I want to hang on to Kelsey. I don't know if I want to hang on to to Brady, but if someone needs him, here's what he's going to cost the franchise tag and actually get some feedback from your league mates on that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, just a couple, you know, housekeeping notes with that. So it, it's 120% in years one and two, um, the, the higher of that, or the, you know, typically the positional average. And as you move along, it's usually the 120% of the current contract in, in year three, it goes up to 144%. So that that's a, a big, you know, a big cross the bear, I guess, in 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 terms of contr- in, in terms of contracts potentially. But if the positional value is right, you know, it may be something that somebody may use as a tool. In terms of the mechanics of it, in order to basic, basically, you can't sign a player you don't own. So, or trade a player you don't own. So, in in that case, if if you're talking trade with somebody else about. You know using your franchise tag and then flipping them to somebody else um, there's a button that you have to kind of the, a finalized tag button that you have to do basically three days before your rookie draft um, whenever that may be it alters in different leagues and once you lock that in you can preview that button at any time and see what the tag cost would be for for your players and it, you know, and, and elect it, and change your mind. You know, through the course of time. I mean, I encourage people to wait as long as possible, just in case some off-season news happens. There's an in, you know, an injury, anything else. Uh, but if you're if you're, you know, if you got the trading itch, then it makes sense to potentially exercise that. You know, some people have done it already. I think this this off-season, depending on. Um, the player, so that that's available. And then once once you finalize your tag, that's when you get to see what's behind the, the curtain in terms of if you want to extend that player in the off season. So that player will have a multi year contract. Um, you you know if you do elect the franchise tag, then you're not you don't have the ability to extend that player in season, only in the off season so that that's something that you know if you use your extension in the off season then you're you're losing you're kind of using a franchise tag and the off season extension as your tool right there, and then you don't really have any other contracts you know contract tools to play with even in season
0: ooh, and I'll tell you what you describe well there is some palm sweat and some anxiety when you go into the contracts tab see the franchise tag. And you know that when you click finalize, you know that all those guys that you've come to know and love on your team that are not on multi-year deals are now right back in the player pool, right back into free agency. And you've tipped your hand. Like everybody now in the league that's willing to put the work in looks at your roster and knows exactly what you have and what you lack going into that free agency auction. So I think you're right in saying if you can listen to your better angels on your shoulder and not listen to the like little trade demons sitting on the other shoulder shoulder the longer you wait the more information you gather in the off season. the better it is but let's be honest we're talking football in the first week of february most people listening to us right now are not
1: trying to wait for that particular <laughs> option so no not at all and i think you set you summed that up pretty well i i, I like your approach with that
0: so so Look, it's going to be fun. You get to see the, the the roster fall away of the guys that are non-essential, that you haven't assigned to multi-year deals. But right now, as things stand in the free agent pool across the, uh, like a, a breadth of leagues, you chase down this information for us. Uh, I like... Uh, I think your sense of humor has grown in the offseason because you actually gathered for us information about a place kicker at being available to us. And so... Um, so I mean, my, I, I, for those of you that play in leagues with place kickers, uh, my thoughts and prayers for your families. And, uh, but I, I think we're going to skip, but if you want to know, Matt Gay is in fact available in 51% of leagues and, uh, <laughs> That <laughs> like my feelings don't necessarily reflect those of my co-host, and I have to offer that disclaimer. So now let's move on to real football players at the quarterback position.
1: Right. Let l- Let me preface that with the fact that I pretty much just ran a pivot table for those of you familiar with pivot tables of any free agent by position that had fifty percent or more free agent. <laughs> free agent more more than fifty percent of leagues, and somehow Matt Gay is is the only free agent kicker that has that high of a percent.
0: I love it. maybe this is somehow providential like something there's some insight that you've given us here that like for those of you in Kickers League, lock that kid in. He apparently is gonna be up for a big year. Um, but nonetheless, so good you 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 did produce a list of and let's just throw all these names out here and then I'm going to turn to you and you can tell me the one that's most interesting to, to start this this talk about you um, starting at the lowest percentage available in exactly half of leagues, Philip Rivers is going to be available. We know that he's moving in real life. We know that his entire brood uh, has moved and emigrated and started a new country from what I understand. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Also spoke, he was the graduation commencement speaker at my alma mater a few years ago here in DC. So I got to give Rivers some love for that. So Rivers is available in half of leagues. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he's coming back, as you said, um, about Breeze uh Fitzpatrick's is coming back in the magic magic is back in the mix for a new season um Jacoby Brissett Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill are all registering in and over 50 percent of leagues ranging from 51 to 66 percent which one of those guys do you think is most worthy of our time for our listeners to to start to kick off this new podcast
1: I think most worthy of the time is a tricky question. I, I think the Drew Brees situation is really interesting and I, I personally think he's going to retire. Um, I've, I've been wrong on some of these things before, but I, I just think the saints have so, so much talent behind it. And I think they really trust Taysom Hill. And when you see what guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are doing, I, I don't think Brees is going to play anywhere else. I, I mean, I, I think he still has it, but I just, I, I think the organization is kind of at a crossroads and, and I, I personally see him, him potentially retiring and whether or not you have amnesty in your league or, or not that, I mean, his completion percentage is ridiculous. He's, he still, still has it. I mean, and I think if, if, you know, obviously if he wants to come back to the Saints, it's, it's certainly an option, but I, I'm not really looking at him, you know, playing until I hear otherwise from an RSO perspective. Yeah.
0: And again, I think really good insight on your part. I just want to stop you there. I love you. You've introduced a term that I think is extremely helpful and we, we you've coined it a bit. We've bandied it about here. When you say you don't know if a league has amnesty or not, that's not technically a a term on RSO, but you and I have, have often and long debated what, at what point should a commissioner of a league have discretion to remove the contract of a player who has retired? And you and I I think have come to a consensus that if there's some kind of like public declaration of retirement that is acknowledged by the team and that player is no longer playing, um, and there's some ambiguity with that statement that I'm well aware of, then we give commissioners discretion in our leagues to remove that if the, if that's the league policy that, that that player no longer counts against your cap. And that's what you mean by amnesty. Is that correct?
1: That's what I mean. I think a lot of leagues vote on it and, as well or sometimes the commissioner has d- discretion. But I, I think either way, you know, keep, people who signed Breeze may have been, stre- you know, stretching that contract with knowing that that amnesty was, you know, at, uh, a possibility or a certainty, um, you know, that they had that available to them. So, I, you know, I, I'm really interested to see what happens on that. I think that, you know, we'll know something soon. I mean, kind of move, moving down the list, then, I mean, for me, like, just because I play a lot of Superflex now, I, I think it's... Just the landing spots are interesting to me on all these guys. I I can't see how how unless the Titans somehow get Brady to go there that they wouldn't keep Tannehill based on what he, what he did for them, you know, down the stretch. And I, and I know Derek, you know, Derek Henry is just a monster, but he, Derek Henry is also wanting a pretty big contract. I, I mean, he, he's probably, probably worth it. given you know, he wants Ezekiel Elliott money is what he said this week. I, you know, I, from a perspective of a super flex, league, I, I would kind of try to play the optionality of Tannehill year by year but i'm I'm scared of them at twenty million dollars on a franchise tag, you know especially in superflex league
0: um, yeah, I hear you and i and i I hear you in a sense that I'm listening more deeply to you this year because as you know I've been a fan of front loading I'm far afraid of like overpaying on one year, far less, pardon me, afraid of overpaying for for franchise tags, for example, than I am binding myself to long-term contracts. I don't think that's a particularly revolutionary stance. But I do think that that hurt me in ways that I didn't anticipate last year because it... Uh, Eradicates and eliminates some of the freedom that comes with making your roster available to free agents as they as they pop over the course of the season, like it eliminates a little bit of your um, dexterity as a as a gm over the course of the season if you 're already pot committed to ryan tannehill and you 're not there for those other quarterbacks, particularly in superflex leagues that that rise like a savior from the mists of the San Francisco Bay, like Nick Mullins did for us, right? Like we, we like those guys are no longer available to you because all it takes is one or two savvy owners in your league to be like, oh, this is how much uh, good he can bid. I'm gonna bounce right above that and then he's and you just they get to play defense on you because they've been better custodians of their cap. So I, I actually am with you on this. I I, I think Ten Hill did a fine job and then probably earned himself a lot of real life money, but it's not going to be RSO money coming from my, from my GM chair.
1: Yeah. And, 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 all these other guys, just there, there's, there's question marks across all of these players. Like, you know, Jacoby Brissett was decent. He had the injury in the middle of the season. The team kind of swooned. Their, you know, their identity is really, really running. T.Y. Hilton was banged up. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was, you know, essentially a top five quarterback for a long time down the down the stretch. And you know, his receivers were good. You, you know, they were playing. A certain way, if, by all indication. I mean, the Dolphins have a couple couple draft picks. They may have to move up to, you know, get a guy like Tua if they're ta- if they're targeting Tua um, from Alabama. But I, you know, which which I think is a, a possibility and a great fit. And I think that Tua kind of wants the year to, you know, redshirt anyways with the injuries and everything. So I could I could see I could see the Finns bringing back Fitzpatrick on kind of a you know, right off into sunset one year deal. But, you know, the, the, the real question in all this is the guy you mentioned, you know, in the commencement speaker that you mentioned is, is Philip Rivers. It's just where, like, where do you see him like inserting himself and, and being the starting quarterback? Cause you know, you have Jameis Winston, who knows what's happening with him in, in Tampa, who knows what's happening with Cam Newton, Carolina. I mean, obviously, you know, Rivers went to NC State. He he certainly could could slide in there if if Carolina cuts ties with Newton. You know the bear the Bears could end the Trubisky ex, experience. So it's you know Rivers is, is is a is a tricky one. I mean I think he'll be starting somewhere. I just have no clue right now where that is.
0: It took everything in me not to not to jump on the obvious insert where is he going to insert himself joke uh, that you just made available there. But I will say this: you also highlighted. I mean, he has moved to Florida at this point. I think he there has to be some kind of mutual respect for between Bruce Arians and Philip Rivers, and I think Philip Rivers has to look at that talent that is there in Tampa Bay. And look at the f- way that that offense is geared, and short of the fact that Philip Rivers has an inordinate love for tight ends, and like that doesn't really seem to be part of the Bruce Arians o- offense much to the chagrin of all my teams with OJ Howard on them, I think Philip Rivers is most likely to end up in Tampa Bay if I had to if I had to pick a landing spot for him. It just I, it just makes a lot of sense even if they try to retain the services of Jameis Winston on some long-term thing to bring in a veteran quarterback and a guy like Philip Rivers, who's a character guy by all estimations and make them compete against one another um, with a little wink, wink, like Philip Rivers, you're going to get the job this year and, and force Winston to like earn his playing time. I think, I mean, I think that seems like not a terrible outcome for Tampa Bay. And I think if I was one of their fans, I'd be excited about that.
1: Yeah, I I understand that. I mean, I know Jameis threw a lot of interceptions, but I think that you know there's documented evidence of quarterbacks in Bruce Arians system their first year, you know, with high interception totals, and then over time as they figure things out, you know, that that dies down something. I mean, you know, he threw for five thousand yards. Like, I I mean the the, the biggest thing is, to me that in Tampa is like what they do with the running back position. They got they have to do something there and you know I I, that could be I mean I think a guy like Kareem Hunt would fit in super well there if if he's not going to get in any trouble I mean you know as a football player I'd like him to stay on the Browns but from fantasy as a fantasy GM you know who owns you know one share of him I, I think that I'd like to see him kind of emerge as a starter again um
0: yeah you you raise a good point there with Kareem Hunt I think uh the, the new GM has, like, had that conversation with him on the Browns. They're, he's talked. They seem to be willing to move forward with him. All the rumblings in real-life football out of the collective bargaining agreement looks like that, um, frankly, some of the stuff that has been getting Kareem Hunt in trouble is now being dangled in front of the players as, like, the magic wand that will help it go away in terms of, like, disciplinary discretion from the commissioner's office and the relationship between NFL players – and uh marijuana use like those things are actually on the table in this round of negotiations by all accounts and so um maybe kareem hunt is slightly less risky as a proposition for these teams than he would have been without an anticipated new deal in the collective bargaining agreement and that's like that's another kind of cool wrinkle as we head into this particular offseason
1: Right. I mean, he is he is a restricted free agent. So if the Browns assign a tender, say a second or third round tender on him, which is probably the likely the, the likely scenario, then they can kind of decide whether they want the draft capital or or another you know to match Kareem Hunt's contract. So I, you know, I I, I think I think that that makes sense and that was smart when they when they signed it um let's let's move on to the running back position of free agents and i think this this one guy is going to occupy most of our time and and much to your chagrin it's not your boy adrian peterson um, it, um I, I think the you know just based on recency and what, what happened in the nfc championship game i'm, I'm sure you can appreciate a running back running for what was it five touchdowns against the packers or at least four and, and a bunch of yards. Um, Raheem Mostert, um, you know, scored touchdown. Super Bowl is available in 71% of leagues. Um, s- still a little bit of a crowded backfield. You know, Tevin Coleman was banged up a little bit this year. He's still around. Jarek McKinnon basically makes it seem like he'll do anything to kind of stay on that team, even if that means restructure his contract. Um, so Mostert free. So free agent or potential franchise tag use. Um, I mean you know, depending on where your league life cycle is, I, I kind of view that franchise tag, you know, at best for a running back being probably, you know, at the lowest, uh, on the lowest end, probably $18 million or so on, on Mostert. Um, you know, is that is that an amount you're comfortable paying on a franchise tag? Is that an amount that you would want him on a multi-year deal if he, you know, was one of the few players, you know, auction worthy basically at 71% or are you, are you scared off by that? Well,
0: young Matthew, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I am not scared off by that price that you just cited. What I am more and more scared by is the, the terrible nightmares that I still incur by the signing and franchising and all the work that I put in to secure a gentleman that was a top five overall pick in fantasy last year, David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals, who on most of my rosters is occupying between 25 and $35 million, and oftentimes over a multi-year period, because he was perceived to be rock solid and having no threat, and then yet at the end of the year, he was playing caddy to Kenyon Drake. And that's what I'm more afraid of. Raheem Mostert, as you, as you highlight, is a guy that popped wonderfully for us entertained us all like did just wonderful and terrible things to that team that I, I couldn't have happened to a nicer group of guys there in that game for sure the Packers but are we really sure that he has more talent than any of the other running backs on his team right now that you've already cited? And and I, I can't say that and I have been burned and hurt deeply emotionally by throwing good money after uh, bad not players, but bad roster situations at the running back position. And so I think uh, I think for $18 million on one year, he's the exact kind of guy that you set up well. If, I, if I'm looking at the end of the offseason, I'm waiting on Raheem Mostert or I'm capitalizing on any spike in value that he has in the offseason, I'm signing that tag and moving him to a running back needy team. And even for like maybe a second round pick or something of that nature, depending on how, well, I'm set at running back because I'd rather have the roster space and contract control.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I mean, I, I think in an auction, I feel like he 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 kind of seems like the classic, you know, for you know, if you're get if you're get, probably like three years because I think he's got two more years on the Niners. Probably like he's he's kind of like a two thirty guy. I I would say in in an auction you know maybe you want the one year optionality of them on the franchise tag if you're if you're down a path in the life cycle but if you're if you did some startup league and 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 Christian McCaffrey's not on a rookie contract Ezekiel Elliott's not on a rookie contract and you have those that there's you know Raheem Mostert's like likely fetching 29 30 million dollars a year and that that's where the tag I think regardless of how much Kyle Shanahan likes to run run the ball becomes pretty onerous I mean that some of the advanced stats I do like about Mostert I, I mean just like you know the the, yard, the yards per carry the yards before contact I mean they were they were based the 49ers offensive line was basically bulldozing for him and then he was getting to the next level and and, and popping off big plays. I mean, Matt Breda is always kind of injured. Kevin Coleman has lengthy injury history, um, you know, but it, <laughs> there's enough carries in that offense. And since it's, you know, the play, like the strongest part of that offense play action with, with, um, you know, Kittle, because the run game's so good, then I, I do think that Mostert isn't necessarily a flash in the pan, but I, I wouldn't be looking at him as, you know, a top 10 fantasy running back, you know, for, or so next year, I think he's more kind of on the on like the RB two fringe.
0: Yeah, for sure, top ten he's not. But you did pull the top ten names for us that are available in more than fifty percent of leagues, and here is is the competition that he stands against. There, Mike Boone, Frank Gore, Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde, the Sean McCoy, Latavius Murray, Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, and DeAndre Washington. Now you start to see, now we start to hear if, if people were scoffing at you and you said that he was going to fetch a $30 million contract, if you and I are sitting in a 10 to 12 team league, God forbid it's even higher, like a 14 to 16 team league, Raheem Mostert is absolutely going to get those dollars like there's just no there's no chance that people like the the risk reward for him absolutely then makes that proposition worth it because if you're a contending team with a gap to fill you're not throwing that money after chris thompson or jordan howard at this point in their career and and it's just i think it's a striking juxtaposition looking at this list and to your credit like This isn't a way I've typically gone about preparing for my off season is just like sorting how many of these free agents are available across leagues. But it's certainly a tool that our listeners can use is go to their free agency pool and say, all right, how much money is available? Which one of these guys is going to get that money? And or... Which one of these guys, plural, is going to get that money? But in this case, Raheem Mostert might be the only one. The only other name I'll get you, I'll put out there for you is Latavius Murray. He's tied to Sean Payton. Uh, he may be tied, as you say, to Taysom Hill or to Drew Brees. And in either instance, I think there's some upside that can be garnered from either a running quarterback or Drew Brees' dependence on a good running game, along with Sean Payton's uh, engineering of that game. And towards the end of the year, he became more of the guy that we hoped he would be when he signed there, filling a little bit more of that Mark room role. Um, how high would you go for Latavius Murray?
1: Um, I'm just checking to see where, like, what his contract status is.
0: He signed through next year. I know that much.
1: So Okay, I, I, yeah. Um, Latavius Murray seems like kind of like a one-year, one eight, nine million con- type contract um In free in free agency, I you know and otherwise I I wouldn't be given him more than one year at this point just because you, you don't know the destination you don't like beyond beyond that and he decent decent role with the Saints caught caught a decent amount of balls but like beyond that I mean obviously Kamara's oh signed a four year fourteen point four million dollar contract signed in nineteen so I I don't know that there's not a there was not a ton of guaranteed money on that. So it was about half the contract. So, you know, I, I potentially give a, give him two, two and, you know, 20 ish. Sounds Um, good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right in the right ballpark there. And I think that's what he's going to fetch depending on the life cycle of most leagues. So the only other thing I'll do here, we don't need to belabor that list of names. Right. Yeah. is Is there anybody on that list that you're willing to take, a speculative contract if you, if they're not fetching the attention at the at auction is there anybody that you're going to you're going to like if you have one of your three or four years in your pocket but you're like ah, I don't really have a player that I want on a four year contract and you'll just use it to leverage one of those last second like I want this guy at like 480,000 over four years are any of these um running backs worthy of that or are you are you totally saving the asset of a four year or three year deal for someone else
1: i'm probably saving the asset i mean if things get really scarce uh, you know if you get asking me to choose amongst that list mike boone seems like seems like the guy who you know could be had for close to free who you know could materialize into a viable fantasy guy sounds um, good yeah so um
0: We've got a lot of good names in tight end wide receivers, so let's make the move there.
1: Yeah, okay, so, sounds good. Um, just I do want to go back one thing on Mostert. I I feel like the best contract comp for Mostert, if, you, if you're kind of extrapolating the, the player and the offensive line and everything else, would have been, some, you know, from last year, probably looking at Marlon Mack. The only difference with Mack is I'd probably put a couple million dollar premium on Mack a year for the, you know, for the fact that he wasn't really in a timeshare. So, um, but Mostert also is better receiver than Max. So that 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 puts a bow on that. In terms of in terms of tight ends, um, you know, the percentage obviously I, I mean the, the guy with the most the most upside in in this list is, you know, someone who wasn't very sought after the beginning of last season and kind of came out like gangbusters, signed to real life, you know, NFL extension as well for multiple millions of dollars is my man Darren aka Balls to the Waller 54% um free agent and 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 that that's kind of one of the more appealing tight end contracts to probably come up in recent years
0: yeah i mean he's his availability is here and so like yes people were landing him for a song last year now he's going to cost you more and at this point, when I look at this list, the name that pops and I think the, the most instructive we can be and, like, and, and what the, the fight worth having here is the guy on this list that I think is a, a, maybe not as physically gifted, but perhaps a better talent at the tight end position in terms of like what he's done in the league and certainly what he's produced is Austin Hooper. If you had to just pick, if I was offering you the same contract for both of them, which guy would you pick?
1: Between Waller and Hooper. Yeah. I, I would I would choose Waller just because he's locked in in, in his role in, in with the Raiders, um, has signed a multi-year deal. Hooper, the, the Falcons are kind of have a, a tricky cap situation, so it's not certainty that he will return to the Falcons um i mean if you got that information and then he signed i i think i still would lean towards waller just just as an upside play i th- i think that you know the hard part about hooper is you may have already seen like the best of him so his you know his, his upside is really dependent on how much you're paying him i would say
0: yeah and i think you're i think you're right on this and i think both these guys are absolutely, guys, we have to wait to see what their situation turns out to be. We don't know who's going to be, like, spinning the ball to Waller. And as you say, we don't even know if Hooper is going to be putting on that Falcons jersey next year. With with those two kind of major variables in place, I think it's worthwhile to to – if, you're, if we're talking franchise tagging these guys, which is usually reasonable for a tight end, and we'll get all that information in our next episode where we start talking to you about the franchise tag, come to you with actual decisions that our listeners have reached out to us about on Twitter. But I think, I mean, the tight end position, you and I both know, tends to be the one that is eminently doable for your cap if you're talking about franchising a guy. They, they tend not to be exorbitant. Um, right, and so like I, th- I don't think you're wrong. I think swinging for the fences with Waller is, is the right way to go. Um, but I, I and mean, we'll see. I, I think there's plenty to be dig into on this tight end and I kind of want to put a comma there unless you have anything specific because I think we need to get to the wide receiver piece and there's just some right more names. Um, yeah and there's more and, to be there's more meat on the bone there though with the tight end position that we can go to after next week too.
1: Right. And I agree. I mean, the guy, one of the guys I do like who, just to mention the name is Tyler Higbee, you know, the usage was way up and kind of at Cooper Cup's expense at a certain point in the season. And that seemed to, to work well. Um, I mean, I know Gerald Everett's there, but like that, that's a low cost option. I don't think that Higby's going to, you know, really break break your bank especially like if you're signing him in in free agency but I I think there's a lot of guys who are interesting at the tight end position you know that that may be available especially if you're doing startup leagues like that you know that I I think the position is is becoming a little more talented with like guys like Dallas Goddard and Mike Kosicki and stuff like that that you know I think there's some cheap options that you can be quote-unquote comfortable with this year like obviously if you have like the Earth's Kittle Kelsey types, you cling to them like the Death Star. But you know, beyond that, let us move to the wide receiver positions. Is there anyone in particular you wanted to focus on here? Or do you want me to rattle off the percentages and, and then see what you like?
0: Rattle off. I do have one name that I wanna I wanna point people to, but like definitely let's let's give people the list of these names because as I say, they're not necessarily big, but more intriguing than our other categories because they force more decisions.
1: Right. I mean, if we're going in order of percentage of, of guys who, you know, potentially have some fantasy shine or upside, you got Darius Slayton at 68%, obviously a rookie last year. Um, John Brown, who had quietly had a really good season at 63%. Um, Brashad Perryman at 62%. Another kind of fifth-year receiver in that boat, like um, who had a really good season was Devontae Parker. Uh, and then you then you kind of have some of your slot mainstays and, and Jamison Crowder at fifty seven percent, Julian Edelman at fifty two percent. I think those those guys and Golden Tate's at fifty seven percent. If you're looking on, you know, a guy like a, another slot or outside type guy. So, anyone you want to focus on there? Yeah,
0: I think the the name that I'm I'm most compelled by. Well, there's two actually, and one you omitted. Uh, Tyrell Williams is the other name that shows up in the list at 54 percent that I'm 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 fascinated and intrigued by, with the the caveats that I attach to Waller as well. Of course, like we don't know who's spinning, we don't know what's going on, we don't know if he can handle living in Vegas. You know all the above, uh, right? But yeah. Dari- Darius Slayton, man, I, I think uh, the in part of it is just the vividness of watching him rip up games when he was given the opportunity part was like his, uh, his tendency to thrive when his team needed him. And when that team desperately in that franchise desperately needed to pick me up like this kid never seemed to find a stage that was too big for him. And that speaks really well of young players. I've just, I've just, I think one of the ways that you can be burned is by not taking chances on players that you, that just kind of resonate with you and like and like victor cruz was an example of this from a guy from his own franchise like people doubted him and doubted him and doubted him and then finally like you couldn't ignore the phenomena that he became and i think getting in ahead of the curve on darius Slayton, well i just think he's a stock that's just going to keep going up and i think even if you're paying a tiny bit of a premium for the vividness of those big plays I think you can go get that, and you have a guy that will pop a lot over the course of the season. It certainly has more upside than some of the slot mainstays that you alluded to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I still, as I mentioned, I, I kind of like John Brown. The last 10 games of the season, he had 50 yards or more in all of those games, including you know, most of those games he had over 70 yards um, receiving and just you know, had 115 targets on the year. I figured Josh Allen to be ascendant, you know, as, as he gets more confident. So, I, I mean, that that's a guy who could be an interesting, you know, contract as well. And, and somebody who's kind of bounced around a little bit. So, you know, the perception value may not be as high as, as what his actual reality sports online value is. So, I, I mean, I think that's interesting. And then, you know, Devontae Parker was just a stud down the stretch. So, uh, you know, I, I, I I'm kind of, and he just signed a contract. I'm kind of, I think he signed a contract, Uh, just very, very curious what that, what that looks like. And I think he, and and, you know, you get news that Preston Williams has had a schedule returning from his ACL tear. So he should be ready week one. That's um, our good friend, Jenna Davis is, you know, someone she went out on the line for last year and definitely produced before he had that injury. So I, I think that, you know, I like those guys. I know Jamison Crowder had some production in the slot, but I, I, I have I have owned Crowder in the writers' league, and I just had a really hard time like reliably starting him and being confident in in that, even with plus matchups. And, and you know, some of that's a function of the league dynamic and what your starting rosters are. But um, I mean, I feel like Crowder is still somebody that you want to kind of start as a. a in a league with multiple flexes that's fairly deep
0: no i agree and i and i tend to trust your crowder assessment the the parker piece is the interesting piece to me he's absolutely the kind of like hyper talented massive wide receiver that is intriguing because he's he seems like the guy that could have an Allen robinson 14 touchdown type season uh given the right circumstances just like with the the just the sheer talent and Need of the Miami franchise in the foreseeable future to throw the ball an awful lot. Um, but again, that's me trying to project out. And you're right, he did sign a four year extension for $40 million that takes him up through 2023. And that seems fairly um, doable because it's not a, a huge cap hit any of those years. So it becomes a little bit of an assessment where you, as an RSO GM, whether or not you believe in the f- Real life franchise of the Miami Dolphins to do the right thing and to put people in a position to throw him the ball the right way and to, frankly, like help your fantasy team pop with this kid who has all the talent in the world but hasn't always flashed that on the field. He's had these moments that he like he bails on it, he's a little bit unreliable, but you, um, but I think you raised the right names there. And I can't, I, I can't wait. I'm just so happy to be back in this chair and back going after this and, and. In, inevitably bombarding all of you in my leagues with uh, with just extraordinary trade offers that I'm sure will wow you and, and compel you to, to accept immediately.
1: So. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm definitely looking forward to all all this. While, while we while we were podcasting, there's a lot of news on Roto World, actually, um, my kind of my go to site for for NFL news. Plug, plug. Um, I. In, in one of which involving David Johnson, where the Cardinals beat right, beat reporter for ESPN Josh Weinfuss, expects the team to release David Johnson this offseason. I mean, could be interesting if he resurfaces in with Bruce Arians um, in in Tampa. Um, also, an, another kind of running back who has an enormous contract, Todd Gurley. Um, ESPN Rams reporter Lindsey Thiry expects the Twins to attempt uh, sorry the team to attempt to trade Todd Gurley this offseason and they follow that with good luck so his cap numbers obviously big and Bears Bears reporter for ESPN Jeff Dickerson expects Chicago to sign a veteran quarterback to push Mitch Trubisky you know guys like Andy Dalton and Marcus Mariota were specifically mentioned so and, and last um, you know with Greg Olson. You know, moving on from Carolina, not sure where he'll potentially land. still wants to play. You know, some folks are kind of into Ian Thomas. I think that's, you know, a discussion for probably a later time. But just kind of wanted to put all those things out there for you. Any particular thoughts before we put a bow on this podcast?
0: Oh, my goodness. If – if David Johnson ended up in Tampa Bay, I might fly out there just to give you a giant hug like that. That, I, that would just thrill me to no end. I will give you some insight, like local um, talk radio here in DC and some of the, some of the more trusted beat writers have been playing up um, the Ron Rivera connection to Greg Olson and that like talk of a Redskins attempt because none of the current Redskins tight ends are under contract with the retirement of Vernon Davis and, I think Jeremy Sprinkle might be the only one that has is a restricted free agent if I'm if I remember correctly. So people are talking about that, but uh so there's that possibility on the the Olsen front.
1: Yeah. I, I mean I I need more Jeremy Sprinkle on the field because he has a great end zone celebration where he's sprinkling <laughs> his, his fairy dust and yeah. you could probably do the the garden sprinkle too but i, I think like,
0: fairy dust speaking of fairy dust are you ready for your moment you this is your this is your moment you got this for the guys you got this for the ladies you got this for the people you are a, a person of the people a man of the people from the west coast you have a 10 percent discount for all those faithful listeners that are are maniacs listening to us in february
1: who are so patient and could, could resist the urge, you know, this is like the, the Popeye's chicken sandwich of, of um, fantasy football. So um, still haven't had one of those actually, but um, yeah, the, the promo code you want to use is the word February. Just make sure you, you spell that right. And that shouldn't tell you a discount. Um, if, you, if you have problems, obviously inquiries at reality sports online, um, hit, hit anyone up on Twitter and um, that, that is the code that our esteemed um, RSO um, execs have given to us to give on the podcast. And, you know, I like to share that news. I mean, at, even if you're paying full price and you've already – you had the itch and did that, thank you. I mean, it's a great value either way. You know, the retention rate is, is high for a reason because once you cross over to the, to the dark side, you know, the, who, who doesn't want to play this is too, too fun not to. So, um Anyways, I you know I, this magic carpet ride is is on season three, App one. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Matt Goody, 2 and you as my venerable co- co-host, take us home.
0: Awesome! You can come looking for me at fantasy. There's plenty to talk about in this off season. Thanks to you, Goody, for the work that you've put in in this off season. Congratulations to the new National Football League champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, to Tim Aylesworth of our Writers League, who you guys will all get to hear from in a future episode, or pardon me, of our Listeners League, uh, that you all get to hear in a future episode, and uh, Jaron Foster that we already alluded to in the Writers League. So, and congrats to all of you that won your leagues this past season, now put in the work to go turn that over and build a legend, build a dynasty. And we will continue to try to keep building on our end here at All About Reality.